Hey, it's Emily Williams, the founder of I Heart My Life and your host of the I Heart My Life show. This is episode 147, four branding tips for new business owners with Hey Hello Studio. So today's episode is a really special one. I have Jess and Gwen from Hey Hello Studio with me. They are marketing experts and design and branding specialists, and they're going to be talking a little bit about their journey to creating their own online business and working with new and established business owners. They spent 10 years working together in the corporate space and then branched off and designed their own company. They're going to be sharing their journey as well as their top branding tips for new business owners. So let's dive in. All right. Welcome to the show, Gwen and Jess. I'm super excited to have time with you today and to hear your full story and talk a little bit about how business owners and entrepreneurs can create a beautiful brand and design that stands out in the world. So let's go ahead and dive in and start with a little bit about who you are and the work that you do, as well as the story behind all of your success. Awesome. Yes. Happy to do that. So we're Gwen and Jess. And we're co-founders of Hey Hello Studio. So we work out of a studio in Cleveland, Ohio, but our team of six is spread across the U.S. Uh, We specialize in branding, website, and marketing design. We love what we do and still get to pinch ourselves that we're here, Um, but it took a long time to get here. So Gwen, if you want to flashback. Yeah. So if you go back to the early 2000s, Jess and I both went to school for graphic design, so we're formally trained. And we actually, we went to the same school, same year, and we lived on the same street and we somehow never met. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> it's crazy. Um, so uh, if you flash forward um, after graduation a few years, we both ended up crossing paths finally at the greeting card company, American Greetings, which um, has the world headquarters based in Cleveland, Ohio. And we worked there for about 10 years. And during that time, we got to do a ton of stuff. Uh, we built online brands and products. We built and led creative teams. And we, um, at one point, were part of a small group that founded a digital think tank. And we really, during that time, built a reputation that we did our best work together uh, and ran great teams. So luckily, we got to work together most of the time we were at AG. Yeah. And um, I think the story of us like wanting to build a business together like really started the first time we ever... Um, we started a blog at American Greetings, and it was the first blog, which was a big deal. <laughs> um, and so... Uh, our boss took a chance on us, which he was kind of like, if you guys can get your normal work done and do this, uh, you can go ahead and do it. And we're like, all right, challenge accepted. Uh, and it was like the most fun that we ever had. We got to like write a bunch of content. Um, we a bit, we took over an abandoned corner office and made it into a makeshift photo studio. Just taught herself photography. Um, we managed to convince the editor on our team to help us become better writers. And it, like I said, it sort of sparked the the wanting to build a business together, but we just didn't know what yet. And then oh, I we... love that. <laughs> I'm curious to know, I'll interrupt you a few times throughout this, I'm sure. Amazing. I'm curious to know, what was it about the blogging space that piqued your curiosity or was like, you know what, we need to give this a try and gave you the confidence and the boldness to um, pitch that to your boss? Yeah. So Jess, do you mind if I start? No, go, please. Okay. So um, one of the reasons that Jess and I actually crossed paths is even though we were at the same school at the same time, 
and we never did the same thing. I had been blogging um, on the side for a design inspiration blog that had started from a bunch of people that had started from our school and just sort of came across my work there and reached out to see if I wanted to work at American Greetings. Um, so I feel like I had like blogging in my jeans already. Like I was like, I love it. And it was, it was at a time that it was like super big. And we just were like, why is American Greetings not doing this? Like they should be on it. So uh, Jess, if you want to add any more to that. Well, the other thing was we were actually on the product team. So we, we worked for like a startup within American Greetings that um, created uh, photo cards. So like the holiday cards that you put your picture on and send out. And we loved that we got to create them, but then we sort of let them go. And there was no content to show people how to use them or get them inspired. And so we were like, oh, there's like a, we were craving the interaction and like the marketing part. And so since it wasn't being done, it was like sort of a gap that we could raise our hand and go, hey, we think this might be interesting. Um, And it turned out to be a ton of fun. Oh, I love that. Thank you for sharing. Yeah. So, so you created the blog, you're, you obviously got your boss's attention. So what happened next? Um, so we moved on from the blog to work as part of the digital think tank. So um, this was an important part of the story because it's where we really learned to be strategic. And we, we got into like the startup entrepreneurial space. We like went to conferences where startups were at and we learned to sort of talk the talk and learn how to scale businesses and create brands. And so that, um, was, that was a really influential part of what then like we evolved into like strategic creative. So where we started and like, oh, we like to create things that look nice and we like to create content that's like took it to the next level. Um, and, but also as part of that, since it was so strategic, we really needed a creative outlet. So Gwen has been hand lettering for years and we ended up being the like artsy nerds in the digital innovation team, like watercoloring during brainstorms, but we got really into lettering and watercolor painting. And so we started an Instagram account, um, just for fun, like as a passion project, but because we are like truly entrepreneurs at heart, we're like, let's make this into a business. So we started printing our lettering on products, doing like a print on demand where we would do like a drop ship. So we didn't actually have to like have any inventory. Um, and that was our first business. So it became, it's Friday designs. And I think that like took us to the next level of dreaming. And we were like, okay, now we're actually doing something like outside on our own. And it's not big enough to like support us yet, but we were excited about it. Yeah. So, um, and that got us like dreaming, um, because I think we were both at a point in our day jobs that we didn't feel, um, completely fulfilled and we had all this exciting stuff happening with our side business. So we started meeting once a week after work, um, at a local brewery and we started working on a business plan and we seriously started talking about like, what would it look like if we left our jobs? Like, what would we need to do and could it be real? Um, And then in that process, uh, life really happened. Um, I ended up getting engaged. And so I was planning a wedding and Jess, unfortunately, was going through a divorce. We were really at like the opposite stages of the marriage process. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) And um, basically what we realized is sometimes in life, too many things are changing at once and you need one thing to be stable. And for us at that point, that was our corporate jobs. So we were like, okay, um, let's, let's close down this side thing. Maybe we'll come back to it later but all of that felt like a failure um, some, and totally avoided the failure feeling. Um, like I uh, had all the paperwork and I just like didn't want to close it down. Um, 
so by the time I filed the paperwork, like our final income taxes with the IRS, um, it was $0 in and $0 out. Like it had been that long since we had done anything with the business because I avoided it. Wow. Uh, so what was the emotion for you? Did you regret the decision or did you know it was the right thing? I think at the time, like really regretted it, but like at the same time, we just like knew it wasn't right. Like nothing was fitting. It was feeling too hard to make mm-hmm. it work. Yeah, I hear you. So we ended up after that, like refocusing on our corporate careers. And I think this happens so often in like every entrepreneurial story is like these starts and stops. And um, I think that goes back to the feeling of like failure is like, we told everybody we were doing it and then we had to shut it down. And so you're like, Oh, we can't, we're not capable or we didn't make it instead of being like, okay, that wasn't the right time or the right business. But when it is right, we know we have it in us. And I think we like weren't wise enough at that point to look and see, but now that we look back, that's totally where we were. Um, so yeah, it's so interesting. Like whenever I talk to entrepreneurs and obviously I do a lot of work around money mindset, People think that the big fear is, oh, I'm going to be homeless and it's not going to work out. But it's actually the judgment of others and what people are going to think if you Mm -hmm. fail. That's the thing. That's the hard thing to deal with and the thing people don't want to face. Yes, totally. So true. Yes. It's the like not have it's the having to stop and say, I shouldn't have done that. And especially if there's people that are saying like, are you sure, you know, you have safety and security at a corporation? Like, is that really the smartest move? And then to have to go back and go like, oh, you were right. We shouldn't have done it, which it's not the case. It's just like, that was stage one. We moved exactly. On. So I'm sure you learned so much that led you to the next step. So we, um, like I said, we, we sort of refocused on our corporate careers and we saw an opportunity for growth in marketing. So American Greetings uh, bought the stationary brand Papyrus. So I don't know if you're familiar. They have like... Oh, I am. I don't know if you know that about me. (laughs) Yes, yes. So um, we we led the marketing creative for that brand for a couple years. Um, And then within that, we actually launched a new brand that was called Paper Rebel. And that's a uh, greeting card line that's at Target. And we got to build its e-commerce website and grow the online presence and like really got to experience building, launching, growing, scaling a brand in every way. And it was like a fan favorite. The people were so crazy because it was like going against the grain of what greeting cards usually did and saying like inappropriate things, which was so fun. Um, but that, that was like the final puzzle piece for us too, of like, we really needed to know about marketing and social media in order to like be fully rounded. And we were so lucky to have gotten all of that experience in our corporate lives. You know, so often I hear this from people where they, they just can't wait to get rid of their corporate role and they forget about what they're learning through that process. You know, not only is the role funding their dream or their future dream. But like you said, it was like that well-rounded education that you probably couldn't have gotten from like, you know, one program. You had all these different facets that kind of put together this, this, you know, CEO mind and, and this strategic slash design mind in one container, which is so rare and absolutely amazing. Yeah, we, we owe a lot of our uh, education to American Greetings. It's definitely not something that you can get uh, in school. So super happy to have had all those experiences. Yeah, absolutely. 
at this point, um, American Greetings got purchased. Um, so they had been family owned and then they got purchased by a private company. Um, and then they did a huge restructure, which I feel like a lot of people who have been in corporate world, especially for large companies, have felt this. Um, and we basically got plopped into roles that weren't what we started with and weren't like what we wanted to do. So previous, both of our roles were strategic and creative. So we were kind of like melding the two things that we found that we really loved and we found that we were really good at. And the new roles didn't have the strategic part. So we kind of felt like we were back to where we had been a few years before where we were in roles that weren't what we wanted to do. So we got back into dream phase and we're like, okay, maybe this is time. But at the time I was extremely pregnant Um, and so it wasn't necessarily a good time. Also, we were making like really good money, um, at our jobs. And so we had like this security. So there's this huge mind game that happens with that. Like, is this misery worth the money? And the work facilitated like a certain lifestyle that we liked having and like, were we willing to give it up? Um, and now, you know, we can look back at it and be like, gosh, that was so silly that we even thought like, is it worth it? Um, to like live a life with some extra cushion um, versus now we have this dream life. Like the, the trade-off just doesn't make sense anymore. Um, So we finally just both got to the point where we were so unhappy that we decided to leave uh, not at the same time, but we both left and ended up taking jobs um, coincidentally, both at startups. This is the next sort of phase (laughs) of our journey Um, and startup world working for other people isn't exactly what we thought it would be. Um, And so we were starting to realize like, oh, this isn't, this isn't the solution we were looking for when we left. And we're like, the worst case would be to get stuck in another place that wasn't right and spend another 10 years sort of like dreaming. Um, And so we were like, okay, I think this is the right time. Why don't we explore? And like, what does it look like to do this? So, um, Gwen had a new baby at home. She needed like the security and salary. So she was like our side hustler. Um, but for me, I had already taken like a pay cut to leave to go to a startup, which I was like, like wouldn't have left corporate. No, I shouldn't say wouldn't. It would have been more scary to leave corporate America and just like go out on my own 100%. But it was like this baby step that I got to take that got me out of that security blanket. And then I was like, oh, wait, I can make it out here. Like there's people doing some really cool stuff and like people need what like we do. And so I feel like that was a mental barrier that that, that helped get through. Um, and the other thing is that's like super important is I had a really stable supportive partner who um, was who supported me while I left and, and started this up. So couldn't have done it without him. Um, but we originally started our business and it was called Ampersand Creative and Marketing. Um, which we were like devastated when we found out that it was super trademarked by like a hundred people. Um, and oh so God. we, we ended up changing to Hey Hello Studio, which we're happy we're with now anyway. Um, and during that time, my sole focus was get enough business for Gwen to leave and join me full time. So during that time, I like took literally any job, um, we used our corporate contacts. So the reputation and the connections that we had built there were so important and like, of course, not burning any bridges, but, um, being able to, you know, once people left and they went to a different company and then remembered working with us. And so we got a lot of jobs that way. Um, and again, doing things that weren't like the dream, it wasn't exactly what we wanted to do, but it was like, we're saving up enough money and securing enough work for Gwen to do more than just nights and weekends. And then like 
we'll figure it out. Like this is step one. And so what were the jobs running Google ads? So designer, not, not, I wasn't the best at that, but I was like, okay, I'll learn how to do it. Cause like somebody needs that service. Um, yeah. a lot of photography, which again is like fun and creative, but it's not design. It's not like the, the dream. Um, and then a lot of just like marketing admin stuff. Like if you want to like pay me to do these things that you don't have time to do. I'm like more happy, more than happy to do them to sort of just build up client base and um, some money in the bank. And so were you marketing yourself as like a marketing specialist or what was it you were going to people and pitching? So we weren't really marketing ourselves at all as anything. And this was part of like, I, I feel like a lot of people go through this where you're just in this like um, confusing phase of like, I don't quite know what I am. I don't quite know what I want to do. I know I want to work for myself, but you have to like try some things that you don't like in order to figure out what you do like. So it was really just like reaching out to people who I'd worked with before and being like, Hey, I'm, I'm full-time freelance now. So that was, it's like one of the benefits of being a designer is you can just say, you don't have to say you're unemployed. You can say you're a freelancer. (laughs) Um, and so I would say full-time freelance now, like if you have any like design marketing, creative, like willing to do anything kind of thing. And some people did. And they were just like, oh, there's this one thing that I've been wanting somebody to do. Do you do that? Sure do. I'm going to learn how to do it. (laughs) I think a lot of that too was just um, building the relationships in corporate. Like because we got to like work on so many different teams, we built so many different relationships and kind of showed people that we could do more than just design something. So they're like, well, can you do this? And, you know, they were willing to like take a chance on us because they had like knew us as people that got things done. Well, I love that. And I think it's such a good lesson because so many business owners are more closed off. And like you said, the goal was to make it so that Gwen was able to come in full time and you were focused on that. And so is that eventually the stage that you got to? Yeah. So Gwen uh, left her full time job in February, 2020 which is a very notable time in our world (laughs) history. So um, if you fast forward, then three and a half weeks later, um, the entire world shut down. Um, So I had just left uh, the not as secure job as American Greetings, but the security of like a full-time job at a startup and the world shut down. And I was like, oh, geez, did I just make the wrong decision? Um, but at the same time, uh, like had full faith in Jess and I that we would make it work. So, um, we were like, okay, what are we going to focus on? We are not going to be providing in studio photography anymore. Um, we don't like doing the marketing work as much, so let's just not do that. And we had, um, a couple online clients that were like, okay, we're going to just put all of our focus into these people. And, you know, the craziness of, um, like COVID happening is all these online businesses just boomed. So the fear that I had kind of just like eased, uh, we definitely had to learn how to both work with kids. Like I had a a five month old at home and Jess was learning how to like homeschool. So we definitely figured out how to like get way more done in less hours, um, really challenged that. So, um, we just, we really just like pivoted and like made sure we were super focused on what we were wanting to do and what we were good at. And I think who needed our services in the current world situation too. So getting really 
uh, zoned in on that for security sake, of course. Yeah. Yeah. And so your initial clients or the ones that you kind of started focusing on, were those also from the corporate space or had you made connections in other areas as you were building this up? Um, yeah. So one of the, one of the best things that happened was, um, I had applied for a job as a designer with Danielle Laporte and ended up, um, joining that team, just doing graphic design at first. And, um, we, that was like a really great melding of like, Oh, these are my people. This is the work was amazing. And the more we did, the more it felt like, like opened up to like, there was more projects that we could do. And so that, that business side of the business sort of scaled. And then we got recommended as people who could design a lot of content, um, at a, uh, high volume, and have really good quality. And so we sort of embraced that and we were like, okay, this really makes sense for this COVID world we're in. And the, the businesses we started working for the online, um, entrepreneurs are doing really great things. So then that feels amazing because you're part of something bigger. You're part of, um, being able to influence a bigger audience. And I think that's where we have gotten to now is like, what is the intersection of what we're best at what we love doing, and then what aligns with our mission. And through working with different entrepreneurs and getting inspired and sort of honing it, we've realized we want to use our creative skills to help female entrepreneurs like create, launch, promote a brand they love and live this life that we're living. Like it's really every time we get to help somebody with a brand and especially like we had the most amazing experience this spring where um, one of our, our clients felt confident enough to leave her nine to five that she had been wanting. And she's so successful now. And so to see that is like what it's all about. Oh, that's amazing. I love that. So it sounds like you've really found your niche and you found that sweet spot, so to speak. Yeah. Yeah. We, we love that mission. I think the, the thing that we're, um, discovering and that's great for, um, the world that we live in now and all of the outlets that there are available online to help people is, so we provide custom branding website and marketing services. And those take a lot of time. We take a really strategic approach to it. So we dive in deep and it's expensive. And we were getting clients that were coming to us and they were just trying to get started. And they're like, can you help me with my branding? And when you're in business, like the thing to do is like sell them on this, you know, multi-thousand dollar branding package. And it just didn't feel right. Cause we were like, this is not the smartest investment for this person to make at this stage in their business. So like a year or two after you're in business and you probably know this, Emily, you like your business looks wildly different than it did in the beginning. Yeah. Or at least you hope it will, (laughs) (laughs) but you're like, you're finding yourself a little bit at the beginning. You're like trying out things. You're figuring out who needs what I do. And, um, when you get there, I think that's the time that you're like, okay, I'm clear on who my like ideal customer avatar is. I'm clear on what my mission is. I'm clear on, um, how I'm different than the rest of the competition. And then you like invest in branding and that helps you stand out from the crowd. So we, but we knew, and this is the other thing that we saw is like not having solid branding was actually holding people back from launching. So we had these women who were like, well, I can't go out on social media and tell people what I do until I have a logo or until I have a website or until I have X, Y, Z, there's a million things. Um, and so, so there's, there's a confidence 
in that, like in order to look legitimate, I need to have a brand and like an online presence. So we actually, in addition to, we still offer custom services, but we are um, launching a course in January and it's going to help this um, female entrepreneur who's, who's more trying to get started, build a brand themselves. So we'll like, you know, give you all the tools and the knowledge, but you're doing more of the work and it's at a much lower price point so that we're helping because that it felt like we needed to still connect with our mission and not just help people who are already on the upswing, but really help people get started. So coming in at that point, um, and, and there's a lot of other ways that we like ideas that we have of how we can help sort of this beginning entrepreneur, but, um, coming in and being able to get them the confidence that they need to promote themselves is like a big, um, focus of ours. Oh yeah. I love that. And I think that's so true. There are times where investing in the branding is really important, but like you said at the beginning, you're kind of getting your feet wet and figuring out who you want to work with. And so you can end up needing to redo, redo the branding many times over if you're not super clear. So I think that is, you know, totally true. And yet, like you said, branding is so important, not just for confidence, but I think especially, you know, with the fact that we work with a lot of coaches, there are a lot of coaches in the online space. And so you do need to stand out and have something unique about your brand and who you are in order to attract those clients. Yeah, for sure. Um, I mean, and when we talk about that, we usually, we, we are constantly like delivering this message about like how branding is important and how it's not just your logo and your color palette. And um, we like to talk a lot about like the four things that we think are what makes an effective brand. And at one point we made a horrible anagram, um, SUPC, because <laughs> it just um, the way that it needed to be ordered uh, just didn't make a word uh, that we wanted. But um, we always talk about stuff that needs to be um, strategic. So like knowing your special sauce is what we call it and like what makes you unique and having a niche that values it. Um, how you're unique. So like looking and sounding unique. So you stand out from the crowd and we tell people like that can be just as simple as like the experiences that you've had in your life that make you different than the person that's doing, you know, that's also doing what you're doing. Like there's always something that makes you stand out, um, being polished. So having high standards and signaling legitimacy. So people know that it's like not a hobby and they take you seriously and they pay you the value that your um, product is worth and then being consistent. Like this is such a big thing that we talk about um, is using the same visuals and messaging everywhere. It's such um, it's a big like uh, mistake that we see a lot of people doing. Like they might say on Instagram that they do one thing and then you go to your web, their website and it's not, uh, reflected there what they do. So it's really confusing as a customer if you're like, oh, I thought you did like murals. And then you go to their website and you're like, oh, they sell earrings. I'm so confused. Um, so uh, we started uh, doing some uh, brand audits actually to help people um, when they can't invest in our custom branding because we're like really devoted to having some price points that are more approachable for people who are just starting out to like help them really align and get um, the best that they can be like at the stage that they are right now. That's so interesting what you say, Emily, about the differentiation, especially in a crowded market. So because there are so much, so many, um, and I shouldn't say so many, cause it's, it, it feels crowded when you're in it, but it isn't as much, but the online coaching space, there's a lot of options. And so finding that reason why somebody can connect with you and then sort of making sure that you're delivering that over and over is such a great way to stand out. Oh, totally. And what would you guys say is the most important thing that people invest in branding and marketing wise in the beginning when they're just starting? 
So we have, um, and I'm not sure if it's like an investment necessarily that you have to make, but the things that you should have in place in order to get started. Um, and there's a few things. One is like getting really clear on your brand positioning. So, um, this is going back to that strategic and unique, like what are you offering that is different and unique? And, and then when you go into the visual process or the messaging, it gets so much easier because you're not sort of already confused of, who you're serving and what makes you different. Um, so getting your brand positioning clear and then creating some sort of logo and the logo doesn't have to be fancy and it doesn't have to be something that you hire a designer to do. Um, Canva is a great resource and they have a free version that is loaded with, um, stuff that you can do. And they actually have something that's, it's called the Canva logo maker. And you can go in and choose from a bunch of logos that are already existing and customize them for yourself, save them out. And, this is one of the things we see people get hung up on is they want it to be too fancy. And so they're like bringing in like pictures and they have like seven words in their thing. Like just keep it simple and memorable. It can be like typed out in a font. Doesn't need, you need like hand lettering or anything like that. Actually the simpler, the better. And I think the, the more a business goes on, they even simplify uh, more and more, which is great. So um, just getting something that's like a recognizable visual that will tie together your presence on your website to Facebook, to Instagram. Um, the third thing is a bio. So just having a really good bio that explains what you do. And we see this a ton when we're doing brand audits is like, we go to the thing and we're like, we literally can't tell what you do. You, like we have to call and be like, tell us what you do first so we can make sure that you're promoting the right thing. Um, and it's hard because as when you are, in your business, you're like, well, they already know that I don't need to say it. And, and remembering that you have to start at like the very baseline and explain to people not only what you do, but what you do in their language. So like not using any industry jargon, but really like how it's going to help them. Um, and then some sort of online presence. And we've gone back and forth on this a lot, but we, we feel pretty strongly that you actually don't need a website to start out because we see that be a being a barrier for so many people, um, just having something show up when people are searching for you. So if like I Google your business name and nothing comes up, that's like, feels a little, uh, just feels like something's missing. But if you have an Instagram account that you're regular, regularly posting on or a Facebook page, that's, that's legitimacy, especially where we are now. So if, if having a website or creating it or perfecting it is like standing in your way from promoting your business, that's like, an unneeded barrier that you can sort of remove. Yeah, I actually agree with you. And I think so often people do get hung up on the website thing. And I've had so many clients who are literally just starting out, actually build their own client base through personal connections, you know, former corporate contacts, and not actually need that space where people can go and, you know, see exactly what they do. They're still getting visible and they might have social media, but a full blown website isn't necessarily needed in the beginning. Yeah, for sure. I can um, even say that we didn't have a full-blown website at the beginning because um, we were using our corporate connections. So these people already kind of knew what we were capable of and trusted us. And then we built it out once we were like, okay, now we need to go out and market to other people. And we need to be telling them what we do and have them feel comfortable that we can do a good job for them. Oh, exactly. So I'm curious to know, one of the things that we focus on at I Heart My Life is definitely mindset. So what would both of you say, we'll start with Gwen, what would you say has been the biggest mindset 
thing or shift that you had to overcome? Oh, that's a great question. Let's see. What have I had to overcome? Um, I think it's just getting out of my own head and thinking about like what the traditional ways that like I like to be successful. Um, you know, uh, I think like the way I was raised, it was you work for a corporate job and you stay there for a long time and you're like committed to them and you do that. And, you know, um, as we've gotten older and been in our careers, it's been this huge shift about what success looks like and who you work with and how long you have to stay somewhere. So I think, um, being able to shift away from like, I can, we can work for ourselves. We can have our own business and still be successful was kind of, um, something that I had to work through that I think was probably one of the things that hung us up when we started our first business. It's Friday designs that like we could do a thing on our own and be successful. Like it felt like we couldn't do it yet. Yeah. So giving yourself that permission and being willing to look at success differently. And are you originally from Ohio? I am. Yeah. Yeah. So there's very much that Midwest mindset ingrained in us for sure. For sure. Yeah. What about you, Jess? Um, So I think pivoting, not being failure was a big one for me. So, um, you know, you, you start a business and you want to know everything right away. I want to be like an expert at running a business like ASAP. So I look legitimate and don't, you know, let myself down or let other people down or whatever. And really it's just, you're, you're at the beginning stage of like collecting information. And so as we started moving forward and like, we would try something out and it wouldn't work. And instead of feeling like, Oh, that was a failure. If we pivot to a different approach, it's like, Oh no, we didn't have that information before. Now we do. And we know that there's a better path. And I think as especially creatives, um, we have a reputation of being a little flighty um, or that we get, you know, really excited about an idea and then want to move on to something else. And, and I think I, I wrote that narrative for myself that that was, that was how I was. And so I was really afraid to change course. And that is just, you're never going to be able to run a successful business if you're afraid to look at something and say, oh, this isn't working. And sometimes it's even like, this doesn't feel good. So we like learn to trust our gut. Be like, we actually aren't enjoying doing this. If we're not enjoying it now, we're really not going to enjoy it several years from now. So even though we invested money in it in time, so there's like sunk costs, it's still okay to put it to bed and say, we learned something from this and now we're going to go in a different direction. And that's success. That's progress. Love it. Spot on. So what are you guys most excited about for your company as we near quarter four at the time that we're recording this and enter 2021? What are you most excited about? I'm excited about two different things. (laughs) Um, One, we just, um, we expanded our team recently. So we, um, uh, opened up some more space to work with a few more custom clients this year um, and into spring. So like that's super exciting to like have the space uh, to do that. And I'm feeling like really energized by that. And um, also I'm so excited about the course that we're going to be launching in January. Like it's been a work in progress for many months and um, I'm just really excited about all the people that we're going to be able to help with it. Yeah, I'm excited for that too. That's my biggest one is the, and I think this goes back to like those first days in our blogging or the back in our blogging days that um, when we were creating something, but there was something missing that we didn't have access to the end user or the, like the actual person. And so 
this feels like we're coming full circle and we're going to have be able to actually work with people um, at scale, more of a one-on-one, that sounds weird, but, um, or one-to-many. So being able to help more people or connect with more people than right now where we're just like taking on one client and it'll last for several months, which we also love. But I think that mix is going to be really fulfilling um, to get to do a little bit of both. Yeah, for sure. And even if people are just starting out with the course, um, they can build up with build up to working with you in a more one to one or in a different way going forward. That's awesome. Yeah, That's like the dream scenario if we if that, if that happens. <laughs> it will, I'm sure. So the final question we ask all of our guests here is what is one way that our listeners from your perspective can create a life that's better than their dreams? We'll start with Gwen. Um, so I think that continuously asking yourself and giving yourself the permission to like do something that really makes you happy. I know that sounds like pie in the sky, but, um, figuring out how to make that part of your job and it doesn't necessarily happen right away. Um, it takes time. Uh, I mean, it's true what they say, you know, you can look over and see someone being like, oh, they're so successful, but they've been working at it for years. So as you can tell from like our story, we've been working on this for a decade. Um, so we're seeing a lot of success now, but it took a lot of time to get there. And, um, I think just finally getting to a point where we're like, what makes us happy? What do we want to do? Um, and it's really opened it up and now we're getting to like live our dream life. Yeah. Thank you for that reminder. I actually just had a coaching call with my mastermind students and I was a little bit harsh with them because I'm like, you know, we don't see how long it takes people to get to where they want to go. Sometimes we do, but oftentimes we're just kind of ignoring it. And we like to focus on those people who look like they had the overnight success. But, you know, there are days where I, like I've been doing this for seven years. There are days where I'm still working 12 hours. There are times where, you know, I'm needing to jump in and do things that I thought I offboarded years ago. And we, we forget, or sometimes we just aren't told that it does take time. And just like anything else, like you wouldn't go and have one quarter at university and think like, oh, now I'm ready to be employed. It takes time to build a business, just like it takes time to build a career. Absolutely. And then like, we're still, you know, we try to have as much of a work-life balance as we can, but you know, we'd be lying if we said that, you know, there weren't the occasional nights where we're up till like midnight or 1am trying to finish a project or we're having to hop in on something on the weekends. Um, You know, it's not the thing that happens all the time, but that's what happens when you're running your own business. But I think the difference is, is like you love what you do, or at least that's the goal. Like you said, find the thing where you're happy to do it. And it's like, okay, great. You know, this might be, um, to some, for, to the outside looking in, it might be someone else's sacrifice, but actually this is the thing that I love doing. Mm-hmm. And I know that, you know, this is part of my big mission and my desire. And so it doesn't feel like it would if you were working towards someone else's dream. Absolutely. What about you, Jess? Um, so I have this really quick story about my fiance that I feel bad because it throws me under the bus, but it's important. Um, He's so- a really great guy though. <laughs> it's, just, it's just a shining a bad light on him. So, um, <laughs> there was, uh, there was one night when he was talking about like an email marketing problem that he was having. And that's something that we have expertise in. And so I, I said, I gave him, you know, my opinion and here's how I would do that. And, and he said, sweet baby angel. Um, <laughs> Oh, Oh, some guy came to speak at one of our corporate events. I'll send you the video. And it was not my like best moment of uh, emotional intelligence, but I was like, I do not need mansplained by some guy in a suit on a uh, stage. What like my expertise is. And it reminded me, and I think so many people need to hear this, that like 
you have something interesting to say, you have something that you can, you can offer to somebody else, and maybe they can only hear it the way you say it. And so for me, that's like, I'm a mom and I'm like in my yoga pants on the couch, but like I can connect with other moms in yoga pants on their couch and way better than the guy in the suit on the stage can. And so instead of being intimidated because like you're not X, you can be like, oh wait, I have a way to say this or a way I do it that's going to connect with somebody better. And like, that's, that's different. There's room for all of us. And I think it's a little bit of an, an abundance mindset that there's, there's something unique that you have to offer and people are out there who want it and don't hold yourself back by imagining that, that you're not going to get there. It doesn't look just like what, just like Gwen said, what traditionally, um, you thought that it was going to look like there's, there's definitely room for all of us. Totally. There are people out there who can only hear what they need to hear from you. Love it. Yes, absolutely. So where can people find you? They can find us um, on Instagram at heyhello.studio. They can also find us at our website, which is also heyhello.studio. There's no.com, so it seems a little bit confusing. Um, We're also on Facebook and LinkedIn, but we hang out most on Instagram and on our website. Thank you so much for being here and for the value that you've provided to the community. It's so great to hear about your partnership. I feel like we need to do a follow-up episode because I want to know a little bit more about what it's like to work together. I know a lot of business owners come into this space and they're doing things on their own, but more and more I'm seeing women especially wanting to create business partnerships. So I think we need to do a a part two to this. We have a lot (laughs) to say on that. We'd love to. (laughs) Yeah, we'd love that. Amazing. All right. Well, thank you so much, ladies. Really appreciate your time. And thank you for sharing your story so openly. I know it's going to inspire a lot of people. I hope you love today's episode. Jess and Gwen were actually just featured in our I Heart My Life membership. They are our new trainers. And if you want to hear their training and learn more from them, definitely join our I Heart My Life membership today. Go to iheartmylife.com slash membership, jump in, and every single month you're going to get two trainings just like this one to move your business and life goals forward. This is Emily Williams. I'm so excited to have you here. And as a avid listener of the I Heart My Life show, I'll look forward to speaking to you on the very next episode. We hope you love this episode. Thank you so much for being an avid listener of the I Heart My Life show. Take a second and leave a review. It would mean so much to us and we read all of them. And for further inspiration and life and business tips about creating a life that you love and achieving massive success, definitely follow us at I Heart My Life on Instagram and at I Heart My Life Now on Facebook. See you next time.